Hi, my name is Lorraine Pasquier, and you're listening to The Woven Women, an initiative amplifying women's stories around the world. Through audio and photography portraits, we create immersive exhibitions where communities can come together and hear the stories of local women. I do feel like I'm blowing on the embers and that I hope that the flame will keep flying. We have a power that most of us don't even realise is there. You know, never ever bow down to anybody. You stand up, your mama whenua. Yeah, it's a matter of learning how to get on life, isn't it? And wahini is, is wahini. This chapter takes place in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and is called Wahine, which means woman in Te Reo Māori, the Māori language. The Wahine exhibition is currently touring New Zealand, expanding each time it travels to a new region by inviting a woman from a local iwi, or tribe, to join the exhibition and share her kōrero, or story. In today's episode, you will hear the story of Maria Aroha, who has joined the exhibition in Invicago. Her whakapapa, or genealogy, is Waikato, Te Arawa, Waitaha, Katimamoi, and Kaitahu. Maria Aroha has lived and breathed Marae life since she was a very young girl. Contemplating her role that she has today at Tero Aroha Marae in Bluff, she shares the importance of manaki, acknowledgement, and self-care. She offers an honest and sensitive reflection on the search of who we are, our place and our identity, and how becoming a woman is a lifetime journey. And for those who don't know, a marae, or meeting grounds as it is sometimes translated, is a very important part of Te Ao Māori. People see their marae as Tiranga Waiwai, their place to stand and belong. Marae are used for meetings, celebrations and funerals, but also educational workshops, for example, and other important tribal events. I flew to Invercargo mid-August to record our interview at Tero Aroha Marae, the world's southernmost marae, located in the small town of Bluff. Maria Aroha and I sat down in the Farinui, the meeting house of the marae, and had quite a unique conversation. There was a lot of silence, a lot of memories coming back up, a lot of pauses and reflecting. That night, Maria Aruha, Tanya and I slept in the Farinui. This room is absolutely beautiful, surrounded by carvings of important wahine tipuna, women ancestors. I remember vividly feeling their presence around me, but yet it was calm and peaceful, like a deeply grounded energy. Tanya, who was with us that day, manages Miharo, a Māori and Pacifica Cultural Art Trust based in Invercargo. They host cultural events, exhibitions and projects with a strong focus on engaging rangatahi, or youth. And this month, they were looking after the Wahine exhibition with so much aroha, love and care. And I am so, so grateful for their totoko and support. This chapter of the exhibition has been quite important for me. Although it had some quite challenging parts, it helped me to find my place a little bit more, 
my place as a French woman holding this Kolpapa, this project. It helped me to ground myself, to find better what my role is and what it isn't, and why I am doing the work I do. I was so warmly welcomed and felt trusted and supported, and it did remind me that we are heading together into a better direction, one with more vulnerability, empathy, understanding and acceptance. With each new episode, this podcast gives you access to the audio portraits featuring in the exhibitions where the women allow themselves to speak from their hearts and share their truths. You can view the accompanying photo portrait on our website using the link in the episode's description. Each story reminds us that while we are all unique in our own ways, many of our experiences, tribulations and assimilations are really similar creating common ground and a solid base for a more truthful and open intercultural dialogue. This exhibition and podcast strives to inspire empathy in us all and ignite a wider sense of belonging, community and togetherness. If your day allows it, I invite you to take a break and drop in. I hope you will enjoy Maria Aroha's story. Ko motupuhu e te maunga, ko te ara akiwa te moana, ko te rauaroha te marae, ko tahu pōtiki te tūpuna whare, ko ngaitahu kā te māmoe me waitaha ngā iwi, ko Maria Aroha Morgan tōpūua. When you're trying to piece your, your life story, um, even though I'm like all over the place, it's like... For a split moment, the puzzle was just gone and, and formed. It's like crazy life. Not bad. It's not bad. It's one muddled life, yeah, that I actually feel like I need to start back at the start, if you know what I mean, and just let it flow. I've lived and breathed my life. I have been here from very young age. We lived down in our the old Māori house down here. So yeah, it, this has been life. Yeah, and just it's just not about textbook. It's purely you live and breathe it, you know, and it's stuck. were the best moments of my life. I mean, we all talk about our upbringing, our childhood here. And those were the days where our parents were abusive. And, as in, not, not full-blown abuse. You know? Kick up the ass or, you know, twack or... They, those were the days. That's where we learned our life skills. We had to fend for ourselves outside. That was our life. Positives and lots of negatives along the way. Something vital, actually. I never spoke till I was eight. Not a word. So I, I communicated with my mother through the eyes. No talking. 
And I guess that's why she was the, the dominator. To me, that was normal. Yeah, she was the dictator. You listened. But huge respect. Huge respect for my mum. Yep. But I idolised everything she did. Everything. Um, I've always said, one day, I'm going to be just like you. I have four children, three boys and a girl. Jordan, who is the eldest, he is 28. Thomas, 23. Jamal, 19. Coming up, 20. And Janaya, my daughter, is 18. They all live away from home, but always come back when they want something. Yeah. Very tight family. Uh, We stick together and, yeah, we all come together uh, when we need. I got pregnant at a very young age. I was 15. It didn't matter that I had four children. My mother was the matriarch. She called the shots. She raised my kids. Yeah. I guess I don't know what it's like to be a a mum with all the power and because my mum still treated me like I was still that young kid, her young daughter. Full reign. Full reign. Yeah. My mum has raised my children. Mm. She, yeah, she's always been a matriarch. But I guess that I got to a stage in my life where I took the wrong pathway, I guess. Um, yeah, and learned from bad decisions, bad, bad choices, um, and, and, and especially here within the Marae, Marae life, um, forgot those, those, those values, those beliefs, you know, that she instilled in me, yeah. Figure it out later on in life, yeah, which I have. I don't think any of us siblings have had a relationship with our dad, um, that's not that's not his fault. Um, that's not our fault. Well, I don't think it's anyone's fault. Um, since my mum got sick, um, and with her passing, for me personally, uh, we've had to form a relationship. Yeah. You know, I've actually rung my family up to say, "You never guess what." He's just rung up and said, I appreciate you. And thank you, thank you for all you do. Um, I'm proud of you. And it's like, boom. And, you know, but it's good. Like, it's like, because that is the first time my parents have acknowledged me. After all these years of here, it's just like, oh. And everyone's like, wow. And it's like, <clears throat> Oh, yeah. 
But that was huge for me. Yeah. Even though I still think it's a bit creepy. It's like, that creep. It's because that's the first time I've ever heard it. Ever. I'm 44. You know. It's massive. People expect a lot. We take things for granted. When they say that someone has a strength in them, they're gonna they're gonna swoop. Yeah, not just one person, not just two. And that's fine. You do what you do best, what is instilled in you, the heart, the hub. This disheartening thing is when you are forgotten about. You know, that's why I always acknowledge people behind the scenes, the engine. Always, always acknowledge them. Makes me feel better. She'll do that. She'll do that. She'll do this. That's all right. Just leave it to her. Acknowledgement is huge. Showing appreciation is huge to people like me who have forgotten about. Yeah. It's all good for people to say, She's just the cook, you know. I just smile. It's like, it's not just about the cook. Not about the food. Not just about that. It's how you're made to feel. That manaki, the aroha. And you've got to wrap yourself around everybody to make them feel a sense of belonging, home. So I do have my moments where if it wasn't for my mum and my dad, the drive and the heart, there's no way that I would do such a, a kind-hearted, you know, thing for, for people like that, you know? No point in, in knowing, knowing how to do all this mahi if you don't hear it and don't teach others. I am here because my mother said, this is where I need to be. Because I was never allowed to dream big. So I had to stop even thinking about Dreaming big and what I want for myself. Everyone else is allowed to dream big, just not this one. Like, she's not going to succeed. Yeah, best leave her over here. So, to see my kid dream big, that, yeah, that's that's satisfying enough for me. Despite my emotions and and my feelings, um, I can gladly say, this is why we have the tools we do today to help us deal with why my mother treated me the way she did. One thing my mum didn't teach me is that we must take care of ourselves first. If we're going to look after the people, we are number one. Continuously burning myself out is, yeah, crazy. But we have the tools these days to be able to um, figure that out, to balance, to balance life. I could do nothing, absolute nothing, but just relax. Most of the time I'm making movies. Um, I create marae movies with the footage I have, the photos I have, um, 
And then what I do is I put that out. I share that with the world, actually. Because, you know, you have to. When our whanau have moved away or, you know, whanau are trying to connect, reconnect, they can go onto our Facebook page and they are kept up with the play as to what is going on here at Te Rauruwa. It's like It's like a timeline from way back then to today. And this is all about weaving the people together. Pull them in. Bring them home. And it's not till it's complete that I'll watch it. And it's like, wow. Achieved. Let's look forward to the next week. What's next week going to bring? Yeah, that's my medicine. I haven't quite reached where I need to be in life in terms of who am I. I'm on that journey. Just like any other broken woman, I guess. Well, not just broken. Yeah, it's... I need to fully get to know me, my inner me. I do have strong wahine around me who are on that same journey, if not a bit more further along and they push and they push and they push you know in a good way and just got to do the mahi on yourself yeah I'd love to talk about mana wahine wahine toa but about all these other wahine not me because I've never seen myself as part of wahine Māori my mother and my auntie, they're it for me, you know. That is a prime example of Manawahine, the force. They are the goddesses, they are why I am here today. It's really, really important to nurture, foster, promote Māori women. We haven't had a great run, you know, in the past. Even now, a lot of things are, are pitched against us, however, I think as long as we stay positive, we support what each other does, we can just about achieve anything. I, I believe I'm still that little girl. I haven't actually become that woman yet. Even though people refer to me as that woman, I'm not. I don't think I am. She's coming out. Yeah, just, just not quite. Not quite yet. Yeah, this goes through my head. Because to me, oh, it just it means it means a lot. Actually, I see sadness. I see um, strength. I see life. Everything that has to do with woman and their emotions and their their wider, their ahua, their um, yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago she said to me, do you remember those very words that you said? And I said, what, what's that? And she said, one day I'm going to be just like you, Mum. She said, and look. And I was like... Oh, yes. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed immersing yourself in her story as much as I did. If this episode touched you, I would love for you to send it to a friend who you think would enjoy it too. And if you want to follow the exhibition's journey and listen to the next episodes, you should subscribe to our podcast and social media. All the links are in the episode's description. Our next episode will feature Lisa Tumohai's story from Hokitika on the west coast of Te Waipunamu, the South Island of New Zealand. The exhibition was meant to open in Hokitika mid-December, but unfortunately has to be postponed for a couple of months. I will keep you posted on our social media. I hope you're well, dear listener. I wish you a great rest of your day and I will speak to you soon. Until then, kia ora and thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.